ஒன்பதாவது <laughs> intention and refreshing that intention is essential very important the purpose of our gathering is to please allah tabaraka wa taala and this reminder that allah taala speaks about in the quran sharif wa dhakkir fa inna dhikra tanfa'ul mu'minin that remind for verily a reminder is very beneficial for the believers So this is the reminder that I need, we all need. A reminder, a person asks somebody to remind him of something he already knows about. There's an appointment for a certain time. So the person says to somebody, please remind me. He already knows about it, he's been told about it. But he asks to be reminded about it. So a reminder is not something new. The Quran Shari says, وَذَكِّرْ and remind. and in terms of the arabic language and the science of balagha this comes from the verb this verb wazakir comes from tazkir which shows continuity meaning that this reminder is something that is continuously required so it is not something that takes place once or twice and is done it's enough it's an ongoing need ongoing requirement and that is the purpose with which we have gathered to remind ourselves and then after reminding ourselves me reminding myself all of us reminding ourselves it's not that after the reminder things get finished off there and there and we go home and carry on but that reminder is meant to now take us towards amal the purpose of the reminder is that a person now moves forward towards getting closer to allah tabarak wa taala and the person by means of that reminder starts making positive changes in his life so this is the niyat and according to the niyat according to the intention allah taala makes that happen accordingly so this is the intention that we have to have deep down in our heart and mind this is what we have gathered for this is what we are speaking for this is what we are listening for Allah Taala give me also the tawfiq and give all of us the tawfiq of taking this to heart inshallah the ayat of the quran sharif that we recited this is suratul muddathir the first few ayat of surah muddathir and this is the first surah that was revealed after the period of fatrat e wahi Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam received the first wahi in Ghar-e-Hira which was the first ayat of surah Iqra 
And then for a period of time, there was no wahi. In a lengthy period of time, no revelation came. And after this period of time, one day while Rasulullah was walking, suddenly he sees Jibreel on a chair that is suspended between the heavens and the earth. And in his original form. And Rasulullah having just suddenly been sort of the scene of Jibreel suddenly in front of him, he became overawed and began trembling. And these few ayat, and he immediately first came home. And he said, Zammiloni, cover me with something. Wrap me with something. So they wrapped him. Nabi Salaam lay down. And as he lay down, these ayat of the Quran Sharif were revealed. Ya ayyuhal muddassir, qum fa'anzir. Wa rabbaka fa'kabbir. Wa siyabaka fa'tahir. Wa rujza fa'hajur. Wa la tamnun tastakthir. Wa li rabbika fa'sbir. This was a very, very affectionate address to Rasulullah sallallahu O you the one who is wrapped in this shawl, this wrapping that has been put over you, قُمْ anzir. Stand up. One is stand up meaning physically get up now. You have been lying down, now get up. And it could also mean that now get ready for this. There's a very great task ahead. Get ready for this very great task. قُمْ and what is this task? Fa'andir. And warn. This inzar, warning, when we hear the word warn, so the word warn has a certain uh, connotation, it brings about a certain picture in the mind, certain perception in the mind, something of a very, very negative kind of thing. But this inzar that the Quran Sharif speaks about, and this is part of the uh, titles of Rasulullah sallam that he was Bashiran Nazira. Bashira, Bashir, he was a carrier of glad tidings. And he was also Nazir, a warner. But this Inzar and this Nazir, this refers to somebody warning out of complete compassion and love. And warning out of total affection. A parent, that little child, doesn't know yet what fire is. That little child doesn't know what it means that one can get burnt. The parent keeps warning the child, look, don't touch this, this is very, very dangerous. That warning is out of complete love. That warning is out of total concern. That warning emanates out of well-wishing. Utmost well-wishing. That is the kind of warning that Nabi Wasallam was sent to give, and that was what he gave. Out of complete love for the Ummah. And total well-wishing for the Ummah. Now, this is the kind of warning that every parent should have. Unfortunately, we do warn, but without this aspect of affection in it. Our families, others that we have to sometimes interact with, maybe our juniors, whatever it is, in whatever domain it might be, from time to time, we have to reprimand somebody sometimes, we have to guide someone, we have to correct someone. 
But that effect of that correction comes when it happens with well-wishing of the heart. Many a times a correction happens, but it happens out of just scoring points. Last time you said something, so I'll say something. And well, you did something wrong, now I got my chance to knock you down. That makes no, brings no benefit to anyone. It neither brings benefit to us, didn't bring one bit of sawab and reward. Rather that will bring some kind of, Allah forbid, some retribution. Because that is being done for ulterior motives. That is being done to hurt, to cause taklif. So that correction which is done to cause taklif, that is izai Muslim. That is causing harm to a Muslim. That correction that is out of love and well-wishing. And then being done in the correct manner. The correction that is done, one is that correction must be right. He's not correcting about something and giving the wrong correction. This happens unfortunately many a times. People correct those who are doing what is right. Big inverted commas. They correct people who are doing what is right. For example now, somebody doesn't want to attend a family function which is mixed. Now there's no segregation of the men and women. It's all mixed up. Somebody says, look, I can't come, sorry, please excuse me, I can't be part of this. So then you will get some people who will try to correct them. No, this is not the way to go about it. And uh, you can't just be so extremist. And this is, you got to be balanced. Now the entire lesson of imbalance is being given in the name of balance. And the entire lesson of disobedience to Allah Ta'ala, is being given in the name of not being extremist. Now that kind of correction, that is not correction. That is deviation. That is deviating somebody else. So unfortunately this kind of correction also, so called correction happens. When somebody is doing something right, we try to so called correct him. Whereas actually we are deviating him. So that correction number one must be right. We are correcting about something right. We are giving the correct explanation, correct advice, guiding somebody to the right path, then that must also be done correctly. What a person is saying is right, but he's saying it in the wrong manner. And that too is not going to have effect. It's going to become counterproductive sometimes. He's saying the right thing, but saying it in the wrong way, that will become sometimes counterproductive. So number one, what he's saying must be right. He must say it in the right way. And then he must say it for the right reason, for the right motive, solely to please Allah Ta'ala, earn Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. Not so that there's some points he can score, run somebody down, just make somebody feel small, or some other ulterior motive, then that's not going to achieve anything good, it's just going to create further difficulties. So in any case, this inzar, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala gives Nabi Islam this command, fa'anzir, that warn. But what kind of warning? This is a warning. It's a warning filled with love, muhabbat, affection. And then Nabi Islam is giving the command, fa'anzir wa rabbaka fa'kabbir. I just warn, warn who? That is not mentioned. Because it refers to warning everyone. Warning about what? Warning about the dangers and the harms that can come out of disobedience to Allah Taala. Those who reject Allah Taala, what is the 
consequences of this, to warn of that, that look, don't put yourself in this danger. Those who disobey Allah wa ta'ala, get involved in all kinds of vices and sin, to warn them of the consequences of this, that save yourself from this. Don't get anywhere close to this. And in this way, to warn a person to protect him, to save him. So therefore, this is kept general, warn, anzir. But now the purpose of that warning, a person, parent warning the child, what is the expectation? That this child must take the expectation and the hope, and this is the purpose after all, that this child must accept the advice, must accept that warning, must understand what is being said, must absorb it, must act according to it. So will it just happen because the person said something, it will naturally just turn into action? No, everything has a tartib, it has a sequence, it has a process. And like in dunya, things we want to get right, we have to go by the correct process. A person wants to start off a business, he doesn't just decide anywhere, anyhow, just in the middle of some jungle somewhere, put up something, and then the people they need, they're starving, they don't have food to eat. And they're just waiting to buy just some basic things to eat. He's bringing ornaments to sell. Now people don't have money to buy food properly. Uh, he's coming to sell ornaments. And then he says, but why does business fail? I did so much. I put all the stock in. And I spent so much on the fixtures and footings. And... But did you follow the procedure? Did you find out what, what sells here? Where should it be started off to start off with? And what's the correct way to go about it? The person follows all the procedures. Allah Ta'ala willing, it will work out better for him. So likewise, we want this to be accepted. We want this to be taken to heart. We want this to be translated into action. Let alone wanting our children to take it. We want ourselves to accept it. We want our hearts to take it. Allah Ta'ala says, وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ That you really want this effect, you'll have to start off with, وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ that extol the greatness of your Rabb, the greatness of Allah wa ta'ala, embed that in the heart. When the greatness of Allah ta'ala is in the heart, then everything that has come from Allah ta'ala will be taken to heart. The greatness of Allah ta'ala is not in the heart, then everything will just wash away. When the greatness of Allah ta'ala is in the heart, then the ahkam and the commands of Allah Ta'ala, the greatness of that will be in the heart. When the greatness of Allah Ta'ala is in the heart, then the severity and the serious nature of the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala will also be in the heart. That this is not a plaything, not a small thing, not a minor thing. Can't just be taken for granted. Can't just be just taken casually. It's a very serious thing. Often this distinction we make for ourselves on the basis of the classification that the fuqaha has made, that certain sins are major sins, certain sins are minor sins, that is on a certain level that classification is necessary. But in terms of action, there's really no classification. Because every sin is disobedience. And any disobedience is disobedience of our Creator, disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. That is severe enough. But now when will that be felt that way? when the greatness of Allah Ta'ala is in the heart. Can we imagine to what extent this has been, the, the means of this has been given to us? 
that this is the essential need of insan. If this insan, this human being, wants to become successful in dunya, in akhirat, he wants to earn the pleasure of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, he wants to get close to Allah ta'ala, the first step is to develop the greatness of Allah ta'ala in his heart. And from where this, when does this start off? The child has barely been born. The child is barely minutes old maybe, maybe less than that, seconds old sometimes. The child has been cleaned, and the first thing to be done is to call the azan out in the ear of the child. And call the takbir out in the ear of the child. Barely the child has come into this dunya. And not even minutes in this dunya. And this is the first teaching of deen, call out the azan in the heart of this child. In the ears of this child, to embed that in the heart of this child. If it was something futile, then this child is barely few minutes old, what benefit is it going to do to the child? It's futile, nauzubillah. If it was futile, Sharia won't given, have given us this command. And this teaching of deen wouldn't have applied to us. Sharia doesn't teach anything futile. Every aspect that Nabi Islam has taught, this is filled with every hikmah and wisdom and benefit of dunya and akhirat. So now the child is barely few minutes in this dunya, and the first teaching is called the azan out. What is the azan? Where it starts off from? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then again towards the end of the azan, another two times. And then the takbir, another six times. Twelve times already, barely the child is few minutes in dunya, he must hear the greatness of Allah Ta'ala twelve times. And this child must grow up now with the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in his heart. Plant the seeds now. And he is receiving that. He's ex- There's something that's happening, something that is affecting him, impacting on his heart. There is a incident about the Shaykh al Hadith Maha Zakaria Sabrahmatullah He has mentioned this incident about one Buzrug that when he was a little child and maybe a few years old, so now this was a standard thing now when the child is going to start learning how to. That's starting with his learning of the Qur'an Sharif, etc. So they would take him to some pious personality to make the Bismillah. That he should now initiate this, start it off, so the barakat of that, inshallah, will take it forward. So this person was a, still a little child at the time, barely a few years old. So he was brought along, and the personality that he was brought to, so now to start him off, so he said to him, read, recite, read, read Bismillah. So now he's now giving him the start. He's prompting him. So then now he will prompt him, now he will follow. So when he said, read Bismillah, so this child started, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Rahmanir Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. And he carried on reciting up to the first quarter of Al-Islamim. He completed the whole quarter of the first Jews. And he stopped there. Everybody was astounded. This child was never taught anything. And he was just prompted to recite Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And he went on and he went on right up to the first quarter of the first views of the Quran Sharif. This child of few years old, where he learned this. So in any case, somehow now this was something very, very unique, very outstanding. People started inquiring. After the Enquiries happened, then this is what emerged. That the mother of this child was a, well she knew by heart this amount of the Qur'an Sharif. 
She wasn't a hafiza, but she knew the first quarter of the first Jews of the Quran Sharif. And from the time that this child was born, whenever she would be feeding the child, she would be reciting this first quarter of the Quran Sharif. And repeatedly she was reciting this first quarter of the Quran Sharif. Before the child was weaned off already, he had already learned it. Whereas at that time the child still doesn't speak, the child doesn't seem to perceive too many things, but the child learned it. And that got registered in his heart. And perhaps nobody ever knew that this was deep down registered. But the day it was prompted, everything just rewinded. On the one side is this, and on the other side, many years back, one kindergarten madrasa. So, little children, six, seven years old, or maybe smaller than that, five, six years old. So now they are coming. So that Maldima was teaching, so she wrote this and forwarded it, that this was what happened. Now this happened about maybe 15, 18 years ago. So now she was just trying to ascertain what's, what's going on in the hearts and minds of these children. So at that time, there was something happening, some, some kind of cartoon that was being shown on television and whatever else, or whatever it might have been, something by the name of Power Rangers. So now she just started asking the children, one by one, some question. The question was, now just to bear in mind, that what Deen has taught us, to embed the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart of the child, and from when the child has barely entered dunya, and already started reciting that, calling out the azan, the takbir, embed Allahu Akbar in the heart of the child. Now the child, these children are there, six, seven years old. So this Maldima asked them the question, who is greater? Now she's just trying to figure out what's going on with these people. Who is greater? She asked it, it should not be, have been asked even in this manner. But she asked, Allah or the power rangers, who's greater? And out of a class of twelve, says four children said, Nauzubillah power rangers. Talking about Muslim children growing up in Muslim homes, in whose ears the Azan was called out. They didn't come to Islam later at the age of six. They were born in a Muslim home. The Azan was called out in their ears. But they are growing up with what? What got rewinded? That child, the first quarter of the whole Quran Sharif was recorded on his heart because of that excessive recitation of the mother. And when that prompting came, that got rewinded. That got replayed. That got replayed on the prompt. On Bismillah, that whole quarter of the first para got replayed. Here, this was already now embedded in the heart. On a little prompting, this got replayed. That Nauzubillah, something else is greater. Imagine a child growing up with that in his heart. What is going to be the outcome? Where is he going to ever have the greatness of the commands of Allah Ta'ala in his heart? Where is he going to ever feel that there is something severe and serious about the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala? So this is the first thing to develop in our own hearts. The greatness of Allah Ta'ala. Already the azan, that was when the child is born. But every day we hear the azan. And we should be hearing the azan. How many times? Five times a day. And then five times a day, inshallah, we are in the masjid, when the masjid calls out the takbir. So every day, five times a day, we are hearing the azan. So that's six times in each azan, that's 30. And six times in each takbir, another 30. So 60 times in the azan and takbir, we are being reminded, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. 
Then in just two rakats of salah, person starts off with Allahu Akbar. Goes into ruku, Allahu Akbar. Going into sajda, Allahu Akbar. Coming up from sajda, Allahu Akbar. In just two rakats of salah, he'll recite Allahu Akbar 11 times. For the whole day, multiply it, add it up. How many salah, how many rakats, how many times, Allahu Akbar. All this is meant to develop this azmat and greatness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart. Unfortunately, we speak so much about everything else, about technology, about falling stars of dunya, about all kinds of other things, and we glued so much to so many things on social media, news feeds, and whatever else, that that is getting fed so much, the greatness of Allah Ta'ala has got confined to our tongues. The heart, Allah knows how much of it is there. Whereas if a person is conscious of this, every time he is replying to the Azan, in the Hadith Sharif, it is, we are taught, that when a person hears the Azan, and he listens attentively, and then replies to the Muazzin, the Muazzin says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, he repeats that. He says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. He is hearing it, he is saying it also now. And then he continues in this way, completes the replying to the azan. At Hayyal al-Salah, Hayyal al-Falah, he responds with La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. After the azan is over, having replied to the azan, he then recites the masnoon dua, the dua that Rasulullah taught after reciting Durood Sharif, Allahumma rabba hadhi al-da'wati al-tamma, wa salati al-qa'ima, ati muhammadan al-wasilata wal-fadila, wa ba'asu maqaman mahmudan al-ladhi wa'adta, innaka la tukhlifu al-mi'ad, Nabi Islam says the person who's done this, Wajabat Lahu Shafa'ati. My intercession becomes compulsory for him. Now he expressed the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. He responded, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And the Shahadatain. And then he responded to the call of the Muazzin, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So now he gave this respect and honor to the Azan. This will be also out of the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. This person is calling me to Allah Ta'ala. He's calling me to the worship of Allah Ta'ala. Hayya ala salah, come to salah. Come and put your head down in front of Allah Ta'ala. Hayya ala falah, come and find your success here in the masjid now. So now he's respecting that and he's responding to that. So what is the end result of this? That he recited the Muslim dua thereafter, wajabat lahu shafa'ati. Nabi Ustazun says, my shafa'at and intercession has become compulsory for him. This is a basharat. If this got accepted on one occasion too, this is a basharat and glad tiding for death on iman. Because the shafa'at will only happen for a believer. So what we learn out of this is how much we have to concentrate on this. And this is all ready made for us. These means are there to do it consciously. We reply to the azan consciously, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. Everything is the creation of Allah Ta'ala. All this is dust. Nothing but, it's nothing. Allah Ta'ala is the only being. And everything else is, is we are totally nothing. In one instant, Allah Ta'ala can completely erase us from the surface of this earth. And everything, one day will all perish. Allah Ta'ala will bring insan back to life, resurrect him, and make him account for his deeds that he did, did in dunya, to think about this. Then throughout the day, the salah, every, every rakat, Allahu Akbar, we've been taught after every salah, to recite tasbih fatimi or at least 10 times each subhanallah alhamdulillah 
Allahu Akbar 10 times each, the person decides just 10 times each also, that to be another 50 times for the day. Then before going to bed, we've been taught to recite Tasbih Fatimi again. Great virtues have been mentioned for this. Nabi Islam, his daughter Fatima ta'ala came to request a servant to help out with the difficult chores that she was doing, the queen of Jannah. She was doing all the difficult chores herself. Not the difficult chores of this time. That sometimes you have to try to figure out which button to press. This button or that button. But the difficult chores of doing things from grinding the flour, forget just making the bread, grinding the flour, and all kinds of difficult things. But when she came to request this, Nabi Islam asked her, should I give you something better than that? What is better? He gives us tasbih fatimi. Now that again, another 33 times Allahu Akbar. Can we imagine how many times this has been made, ready made for us to keep reminding ourselves of the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. So this is what we, we are learning from this, that we want this commands of Allah Ta'ala to come in our lives by just wishing about it that is something far-fetched, that will just happen like that. There is an effort behind it. That effort is to develop this greatness of Allah Ta'ala. One of the very immediate means start saying Allahu Akbar consciously. And the whole day we're doing it. We're supposed to be doing it. Every rakat we're going up and down, we sing Allahu Akbar. Do it consciously. Do it with that reverence of Allah Ta'ala in the heart. When replying to the azan with that reverence of Allah Ta'ala, that greatness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart, I'm responding to the call of Allah Ta'ala. Then, in the same surah then, thereafter Allah Ta'ala says, وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ وَسِيَابَكَ فَطَّهِرْ Surah Allah is being primarily addressed, but this address is for every person that will follow till Qiyamah. Literally translated, وَسِيَابَكَ فَطَّهِرْ And keep your clothes clean. Meaning it has always been clean, continue to keep it clean. Not that Nabi Sallallahu clothes were ever not clean. It is not clean your clothes. Keep it clean, meaning as it was. The continuity. Now, this cleanliness, one is external cleanliness. Siyab, soap is the singular, this is the plural of soap. In Arabic, this is used for various different things. Most commonly used for clothing. But even the action of a person is sometimes it is referred to as soap. So in any case, the Mufassirin have given various details about this. What is this all about? One is that a person's clothing must be clean and his body must be clean from all external impurities. Now if the emphasis is being placed on keeping the external self clean, which is very important, very necessary, it impacts on a person's ibadat. A person his clothes are not clean, or his body is not clean, his salah won't be valid. His tawaf won't be valid. Various other ibadat will get affected. So that external cleanliness is a very, very integral part of deen. But can we imagine that if this is the emphasis on the external self, how much more important it is to keep the internal self clean. And therefore, the external cleanliness now should impact on the inner self that a person cleans his heart. Cleans his heart of what? Cleans his heart of all the filth of wrong aqaid, wrong beliefs. That is a najasat. It is a najasat worse than the najasat 
externally. To clean his heart of the filth of wrong beliefs. This is a whole detailed subject on itself. And there are many, many things, unfortunately, that lurk in the hearts of our children sometimes, others. One of the very common things, unfortunately, nowadays, which keeps coming up. Youngsters come and ask sometimes, some write about it. The aspect of Darwin's theory sitting in the heart. What is the reality of this? This is troubling me. Somebody says it's troubling him. Somebody says, well, I feel there's merit in it. Now he's believing that he's descended from a monkey. Can you imagine a mu'min? How many ayat of the Quran Sharif are being negated by this? Where's the iman left? So any case, any aqaid which are deviated, any beliefs which are wrong, this is a najasat. Likewise, the filth of the base qualities, that's also a najasat. All the evils of the heart, whether it's jealousy, whether it's malice, whether it's pride, whether it's arrogance, once one very pious person he was, some say it was Junaid Baghdadi, some others, but he was walking on one very, very narrow foot bridge. Just barely one person can cross at a time. And under it was a, some stream, but very, very filthy stream. So now he needed to cross. So as he's crossing now, it's a lengthy foot bridge. Just one person can cross. From the opposite end, one dog is walking. Now the dog is coming and he's going. And both meet up somewhere halfway. Somebody has to give way. It's not possible that the dog can cross and he can cross without anybody coming off. So now some conversation took place. Whether it was just an inspiration in his heart, he conversed with himself. Whether Allah Ta'ala made the dog speak really, Allah knows. And that is something which antaqan Allahu ladhi antaqa kulla shay. On the day of Tiamat, all a person's limbs will speak. He'll ask his own limbs, how come you testifying against me? Why are you speaking against me? They'll say, Antaqan Allahu ladhi antaqa kulla shay. Allah Ta'ala made us speak. That Allah has made everything speak today. Allah Ta'ala gave the dog a tongue. Allah knows. So in any case, this conversation took place. And the conversation took place that this person said to that dog, that look, you give way, let me go. So the dog replied and said that, what's so special about you? Why should I give you way? Why don't you give me way? So he responded and said that you are not mukallaf. You are not responsible for the commands of deen. There is no obligation upon you. But I am mukallaf. I am responsible for the commands of Allah Ta'ala. I have to perform salah. I have to do various other things. Now if I jump off, I give way, I am going to fall into this dirty, filthy water. Then I'm going to have to go and again take a bath, clean my clothes. Only then I can now go and perform salah. And if you jump in, there's no issue on you. There's no aspect and masail that you have to worry about. So the dog responded. He says, if you jump in, your body and clothes will get soiled. But that can be washed, that can be cleaned. And if I jump in, your heart will get soiled. Because you, that pride will come into you that I am greater than this dog. One person was just trying to trouble one pious person. And everywhere this keeps happening, there will always be somebody trying to trouble the people who have 
some connection with Allah Ta'ala. So one day this five person was walking, this person happened to be standing around and one dog was also there. So as this five person passed by, so he asked this five person that who is better, you are better or this dog? It was just meant to provoke him. Who is better, you are better or this dog? Now can we imagine ourselves in that position, somebody asks us this kind of a question. Who is better? You are better or this dog is better? Perhaps that person might, might not remain conscious to hear the answer. And perhaps he might not live to even know what happened after that. But this person very calmly responded. He very calmly responded that if I die on Iman, I'm better. And if I pass away, Allah forbid, without Iman, this dog is better. Because then on the day of Qiyamah, I am doomed forever. This dog is an animal. The animals will be at the command of Allah Ta'ala. Kunu turaba. Become dust. It's all over with them. They got no azab after it. So if I die on iman, I am definitely better than the dog. And if I, na'uzubillah, go without iman, this dog is better. So in other words, I can't give you the answer now. Till the last moment comes, I don't know. Now who can give that response spontaneously? He didn't go home to go and rehearse an answer, and think about it, discuss it with people, find out how should I give this reply. The spontaneous. That spontaneous answer can only come from deep down the heart. What's really inside? What really inside was there was the humility, utmost humility. And that in an instant spoke. I don't know. I can't claim anything for myself. Till that last moment, till a person hasn't passed, that certificate didn't come in his hand, what claim can he make? How can he make any claim? So likewise, this dirt of the heart, one is a person has to clean his external self, but that now just makes it so much more important that he has to clean his inner self. Clean himself from the aqaid, the batila, the deviated beliefs. Clean himself from the akhlaq, the razila. All the base qualities, whether it's pride, whether it's arrogance, whether it's malice, whether it's jealousy, and whether it's miserliness, whether it is the love of the ego, whether it is the inordinate love of dunya, there is one natural love of dunya. Natural. Allah Ta'ala has placed it. A person has love for his family, he has love for his possessions, it's human nature. But if that love crosses the boundary, and the love of Allah Ta'ala becomes dominated, and this becomes dominant, then a person is in a sinking ship. That ship requires the water. But if the water comes into the ship, it's going to sink. So if the love of Allah Ta'ala becomes dominated, and the love of things, and the love of dunya becomes dominant in the heart of the person, then now the water has now started filling up the ship. Then he's in a sinking ship. So, to cleanse the heart out of all these things, and develop in the heart the love of Allah Ta'ala, bring in the love of Rasulullah Wasallam the love of deen, the love of the amal of deen. So this will come when, again, that same sequence, وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ When the greatness of Allah Ta'ala has been developed, then this will come. Then the importance of that inner cleanliness will come. Because I go to show myself to Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is seeing my heart. And a person is getting married, so he takes extra time to present, make himself presentable. Why? Because that's what's going to be seen first. What this person looks like. So now he wants to present himself. He must look very presentable. 
So now why he must look presentable? So that he must get accepted. He mustn't get rejected. So now for insan, we take so much of care to make ourselves presentable. So that insan must accept us. And insan must not reject us. And Allah Ta'ala looks at our heart. إن الله تعالى لا ينظر إلى أجسامكم ولا إلى صوركم ولكن ينظر إلى قلوبكم وعمالكم. Allah Taala does not look at your external self, that what is somebody's color and how strong somebody is physically, or what is somebody's social status and position. All these things don't count in the court of Allah Taala. What counts is a person's heart. What is there? What kind of iman is there? What kind of greatness of Allah Ta'ala he has developed? What amount of love of Allah Ta'ala is in the heart? How clean that heart is? Now we want to keep ourselves clean externally so that insan must accept us. You're going for a job, the employer must accept us. You're going for a proposal, that must get accepted. We're going to see, sit with our friend, they mustn't chase us out. You've come so dirty, don't come by us. We can't stand this odor and stench. Go and wash yourself. So we don't want that to happen. So a person now forget taking a bath and keeping himself clean, he's applying ether also. He must get accepted by insan. What about the stench in the heart? And vices and sin has a stench in it. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, when a person lies, a lie is a sin, major sin. When a person lies, the angels flee away to the extent of one mile from him. The angels of Rahmat and mercy go one mile away because they can't bear the stench of the lie. They perceive it. Because they are very, very uh, different creation of Allah Ta'ala. Things that insan can't perceive, they can perceive. They perceive the smell and the stench and the odor of that lie. Now that stench comes in the heart as well. Now the heart becomes filled with the stench, with this odor, with its soil, like the external cell gets soiled, person falls in muck, so he can't stand it himself, and nobody else wants to come near him. When a person gets involved in vice and in sin, it soils the heart. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا الْخَمْرُ وَالْمَيْسِرُ وَالْأَنصَابُ وَالْأَزْلَامُ رِجْسٌ مِّنْ عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ All intoxicants and all forms of gambling, Rijsun, this is filth. Quran Sharif says filth. From the handiwork of shaitan. Now that filth is soiling the heart. Now we want to be accepted by insan. So we want to have our external self very good. We want to have our uh, external etiquette also fine with people. But the akhlaq of the heart, so that we become accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is seeing the heart. So now, refers to even the internal purification. To purify the heart. To cleanse the heart of all the impurities. So that we become accepted in the court of Allah. And right in this very dunya, because that heart is clean, that heart is not filled with stench and odor. That heart is not filled with all the bad qualities. With the evil of pride, malice, arrogance, miserliness, Love of the ego, love of the dunya, and all the various other vices of the heart. Then that heart, like people don't want to come close to us, if we are externally dirty, the rahmat of Allah doesn't come onto our hearts, if the heart is in all kinds of impurity. 
that Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala is kept aside. To receive that Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, we have to purify that heart. In this dunya, we'll receive that Rahmat, on the day of Qiyamah, we'll get accepted also. So all this requires this effort, to bring the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts, to cleanse our hearts out of all these impurities, and to bring our lives onto that way that Nabi Salaam has taught us. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala has given us, how Nabi Salaam has taught us, when this greatness of Allah Ta'ala will develop in the heart, the greatness of everything Nabi Salaam has given us will come. Because that is what Allah Ta'ala loves. When Allah Ta'ala's greatness is in the heart, what He loves will become beloved to us. What Allah Ta'ala detests will become hated to us. What Allah Ta'ala is displeased with, we will run from. What Allah Ta'ala is pleased with, we will run towards it. This is what we have to make this effort on, the effort on the heart, to develop the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, cleanse his heart out of all the evils and vices. This requires that a person, like everything else, the effort is made in a proper manner, in the right place. person wants to become a doctor, but he went to the agricultural school, they tell him you came to the wrong place, you must go to medical school. And the person wants to become a farmer, and he came and sat down in medical school, they also send him back. He also came to the wrong place. Everything has a place for it. Everything has the people that will be able to give that lesson, to teach it, to guide a person forward. So likewise, we have to take to the ulama ikram, go and learn from them, to the mashayikh, take that advice to bring about this reformation of the heart, to cleanse the heart out of all these vices and evil. Like a person goes to a doctor to get his treatment done from the ailments of his physical self. These ailments of the heart are far more severe, far more dangerous, far more destructive. Like this requires treatment, this inner rectification also, this treatment of the vices and the ailments of the heart, this also requires treatment. It requires the person submitting himself to somebody's advice, taking the direction, guidance, and inshallah in this process, that end result is soon achieved. With the fuzzle of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, give us a tawfiq to become those servants of His whose hearts are filled with His greatness and who take every command of Allah Ta'ala to heart and stay far away from everything that is a disobedience of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. For a short while we'll make some zikr and then dua inshallah. It is reported in the Hadith Sharif that Rasulullah Sallallahu said, the person who decides La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this refers to is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin. And inshallah this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. Therefore we should try that make this a part of our daily program. We have so many things in our day that are futile. We should now add this very important thing to our day that we make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala daily. Inshallah in our own time and space we'll see the tremendous benefit of it. Besides Guru Sharif. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله 
ரஹ்மதிக்கும்
Forgive us for all the wrong we have done, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us, Ya Allah, to stay away far from all these sins and evils, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guard us and protect us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every taste of their ailments, Ya Allah. All those with any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove their afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away from our families throughout the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill their qabrs with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Raise the stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. At the time of our death, take us with the kalim, La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, those who have, Ya Allah, done any favors to us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who have any rights upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah. You are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's dies needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant the best of dunya and akhirah to each one, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our greatest need is to become yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become ours, Ya Allah. You make us yours, Ya Allah. Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for, Allah, we also begging for all the good, Ya Allah. Whatever he sought refuge from, Allah, grant us protection as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min shalim asta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب